You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. I'm Courtney. I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is the Double X-Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X-Files. Today, Allison, it's going to be about the Lorax? I love the Lorax, that sweet little furry dude. He speaks for the trees. He does, because the trees have no mouth to speak with their knees. I don't remember how the book goes. Well, I know how it goes. He makes a murder. <laughs> As per usual. That's what we saw in this episode of The X-Files, right? We saw a lot of things. We heard a lot of things. I didn't like those things, and I'm going to talk a lot about it. The mud sounds specifically. Oh, for me, the dialogue. Oh. Now, you have three pages of notes? Three and a half. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't wait. Let's get right into it, then. Okay. Do the Descriptiano Police. Uh, so we watched Season 5, Episode 9, Schizogeny. Uh, here's the description. Mulder and Scully become convinced that a greater evil may be lurking in the community, where a teenager is suspected of murdering his father. Okay. I mean... That happened. It did. There were dad murders. Dads were murdered. Hmm. You would think this would be right up our alley because there was a lot of dads involved, but it was not up my alley. My alley was empty. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Excuse <Huh>? me? <laughs> yes, I'm very lonely, thank you. <laughs> so, we start with, I meant your butt, oh. Allie. Okay. <laughs> thought you meant the tether one. I would never comment on your vaginal alley, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought nothing was off limits here. Your butt. I'm always going to refer to your butt, Oh, Allie. yeah, it's never empty. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> um, we start out with. The Kieran Culkin. With who? Kieran Culkin. Oh. <laughs> we do. And he is playing video games? Yeah. Maybe Doom? No, that wasn't Doom. No? I didn't recognize it. It looked like monsters and you shoot guys. So it's Doom. <laughs> On Mars. Maybe he's playing Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein is when you shoot the Nazis, right? Yeah. Mmm. But the first uh, iteration of it did look a bit like the video game on his screen. Yeah, did it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't play those games. They were too spooky. That's fair. People, like, jumped out at you. I played uh, Spyro the Dragon. Yes. And Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you get your hot fashion from, right? Yeah. No Crash. shirt. Jorts. <laughs> what was your very first video game that you played, Allison? I think it was Heroes of Might and Magic. Damn. <laughs> Mine was, like, putt-putt. Oh. Do you remember Putt Oh, no, no, sorry. You're right. It would have been, um, oh, either Super Mario or maybe Gizmos and Gadgets. Wow. You're OG. <laughs> I love those Super Solver games. And I love the baby games for babies. <laughs> I know. As seen in my very elaborate pocket camp I have going on right now. <laughs> okay. But, uh, not Macaulay Culkin. What's his name? Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin. He does not like baby games for babies. He likes adult games for adults. He likes to murder digitally. <laughs> so uh, his dad comes home very upset. His stepdad. 
Stepdad. Sorry. Well. You're, you're not my dad. You're my stepdad. As we're going to learn later on, specificity is key. <laughs> I guess. What does stepdad do? Uh, so his stepdad comes in and he's like, who are you playing these video games for? Are you stupid millennial? And then he's like, why do you think I go to work? And do you bring home money? And the kid's like, I don't know. Get out of my face. And then he's like, no, you left a shovel outside. Go finish your shovel work. <laughs> Now, I want to take a pause here. If you are someone's neighbor and they drag their kid out, their, like, teenage son out at, like, I'm going to say 2 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and yell about doing physical labor at 2 o'clock in the morning with a shovel, you'd call the popo, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. mm, The whole, one of the whole overarching things is who is the victim in this situation? Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, Bobby? Bobby, yep, yeah. is a victim. Yeah, uh-huh. I think so. Um, and then the dad, the stepdad says, tools are for work. And I, <laughs> I, all I wanted was for Bobby to be like, oh, so that's why you go to work. <laughs> Damn, Bobby. <laughs> Damn. But I do, my favorite line that Bobby has in this scene is when he says, fine, Phil. <laughs> that's the best comeback. Yeah. My name's not Phil. Fine. I mean, his name Phil. was Was Phil. it Phil? I yeah. don't remember. I don't recall. Fine, Jeff. So, Bobby snaps. Bobby snaps. And he's like, no, Phil, fuck you. And then threatens him with a shovel. Yeah, and then he runs away. And then he's like, ah, runs away. And then, Allison, mm. the earth, it done do a crime. It does do a crime. So, uh, Phil mm-hmm. of the future... I wish he would have seen the future because he would have seen himself drowning in that Michigan mud. Yep. Yeah, Michigan. TM, 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 Michigan mud. (laughs) What's so special about Michigan mud? Just a lot of it? You know what? You know who would know? Who? The Orchardman. (laughs) He holds all the secrets. And the axe. That's true. So while Phil is drowning in Michigan mud... Uh, and Bobby's trying to pull his stepfather out from which he came. There's an orchardman. Just standing. Watching. With an axe. Wondering. Looking. Listening. <laughs> Feeling. <laughs> Why is he there? We don't know. Mysterious. Not a fucking clue. Okay. And then da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Indeed. This Phil, he died. Yeah. Unfortunately. Can I say that that whole opener I felt was bizarrely shot. How so? I just like the angles and like the the length of some of the scenes like lingering that when they didn't need to and it just like it felt very strange to me. They probably found this it it did feel a little off kilter. Yeah. Uh they found this really cool hazelnut orchard mm-hmm, in Langley. Um, and they've used this before. Yeah. And they've used it in, like, Supernatural and this and that. So I guess they want to, like, really take in the atmosphere. (laughs) Um, So before we go any further, I want to tell you a fun fact about the writer of this episode. Oh, please. Um, So they actually, they've actually never seen other human beings interact with one another. Um, And their only experience of human conversation comes from watching old primetime TV shows. (laughs) So uh, how, how did this come about, Allison? Like, were they born into a cube? Uh, they were actually created specifically for this purpose by Chris Carter. Ah, so it's like a, a, a robot? Yeah, so it's like, finally, someone who writes the way I write. <laughs> I'm going to create a robot, son. 
to write like me, Chris Carter. Um, in truth, this episode was written by two two junior staff writers who, um, prior to being junior staff writers, held positions on the show that were not writing related. I wonder what they did. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, this episode went through a shit ton of rewrites and basically had like a bunch <laughs> of different people's hands on it. I bet um, you one of them was that his job was just to rub uh, David Duchovny's feet after a shoot. <laughs> yeah. So he just really wanted some revenge. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no matter how many rewrites this went through, the dialogue is just literally the worst I've ever seen in an X-Files episode. Wow. I can't wait till you pull out some of those real good nugs. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about it in depth. But uh, right now we're in a morgue. Yes. And Scully is pulling out, um, like, eight pounds of muds. Yeah, and Mulder makes a joke about mud pie that I did not understand. Because <laughs> maybe he ate a pie, but it was mud. Duh. An eight-pound pie, Mulder? Really? <laughs> now, I had a really weird flashback, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to say childhood conspiracy theory. Okay. Because I want to see if, like all childhood conspiracy theories, somehow it got across North America. Okay. Did you ever hear of a rumor when you were maybe in middle school Mm -hmm. that a celebrity fainted and got their stomach pumped and it had eight pounds of jizz in it? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know, but whose jizz was it? <laughs> I mean, it would have to be many. Many, yeah, many yeah, jizzes. Yeah, I guess that's a lot for one person to right? kind of pump out. Because, like, how much is one penis produced? Probably, like, what's, like, that band? 10 cc's? Yeah. 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 10 cc's. So you need, like, hundreds. You need a lot of, a lot of peepos. <laughs> a lot of... A lot of beepuses <laughs> to make that that much. Uh, I guess you got to collect. You got to collect it. Yeah, right? but it wouldn't all. I mean, that's obviously. Oh, I mean, it's very much not true. Well, it isn't. But the fact that this rumor prevailed throughout North America. What celebrity? Do you remember what celebrity yours was talking? about? I think it was one of the like kind of teen pop stars. Was it? Yeah. For me, it was Michael Jackson. Oh God! But also, I've heard Rod Stewart. Oh. So they had like those those rumors had a little homophobic bent to them. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I just because I say this because there was a I was listening to Lizard People where they talk about the conspiracy this conspiracy theory and I realized how like has everyone heard about it? It's weirdly pervasive. It's like the Pen Fifteen Club, yeah, or that Blue M and M's Shrink Your Balls, or uh, the Gerbil. Hamster. Hamster up the butt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that weird? Or um, Marilyn Manson uh, removing a rib. So he could suck his own dick. Yeah. Yeah, man. I heard that one, too. We all heard him. How did that happen? This is pre-internet. <laughs> this is uh, this is our new podcast, Middle School Rumor Mill. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, did you hear about Rod Stewart? <laughs> so just like one would remove jizz. Yeah. Uh, Skelly removes eight pounds of mud. Michigan and- mud. <laughs> And they argue about how this could have happened and how he would have been sucked under. And Mulder makes a little, <laughs> oh no, Scully makes a little dig about, oh, how uh, they get 400 inches of rain. And that is actually a dig at the uh, comment that David Duchovny made on Conan O'Brien about Vancouver. Oh, really? Yeah. 
that David Duchovny said we have four inch, 400 inches of rain? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Vancouver, we come for you, David Duchovny. Yeah. Well, he's still, he's still barred for the number five orange for that and comment. And for other things. Oh, God. <laughs> By the way, number five orange is our premier strip club. Yes. And David Duchovny is not allowed to go there. For a long time, it was actually the choice strip club of animation directors. I can see why. Yeah. I mean, it gets a little rowdy. I know, but definitely, like, people have been invited there for a lot of animation meetings. <laughs> it's weird. I have been invited there for animation really? meetings. I hope you tip your girls well. Oh, I never end up going. Okay, good. Because <laughs> if you have a meeting there, you're not paying attention to the artists. Well, the interesting thing is actually that it, that was kind of um, a power move by a lot of uh, really? male directors and male producers as more women were getting involved in the animation <gasps> industry, was that they would plan meetings at a strip club, most likely the number five orange, and women would not attend. And they, like, a lot of their Damn. planning and deal-making and uh, important work was done there, and women didn't get a say because they didn't want to be, you know, bullied into going to a, a strip club, a, a situation that would make them uncomfortable. I would have walked in with my <laughs> pantsuit and put $20 right onto Nikki Nindor's ass. <laughs> And then she would pay attention to me. I'd be like, give those guys lap dances and make sure they don't concentrate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, because there's a difference between, like, you know, being a woman and saying, I'm going to go to a strip club and I'm going to enjoy the entertainment and I'm going to have a good time. And being like, oh, you're literally just inviting me there because you know I'm not going to come. Because it's making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. And I mean, in a work environment, rightly, like, rightly so. That's true. I'm going to recommend the Granville Strip, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Because mm. my girl Nikki Nindors is there. Nice. <laughs> she is fucking boss. Awesome. Get your fives ready, ladies. Okay. Dorkweed. <laughs> yeah, so dorkweed. Here's a fun fact about dorkweed. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed when you are watching this, but dorkweed was uh, ADR'd and dubbed in because mm. the original line was dickweed. No. And Fox made them change this. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but let David Duchovny say dick. <laughs> let Fox Mulder say dick. Let Fox Mulder say dick. What? And now I actually have a little experience with this issue, Courtney. Why? Did you get in trouble? No, I um I recently finished all the edits for my book. As okay. you know, it's now up for pre-order. But mm -hmm. in the second round of edits, most of those edits centered around some language I had used... <gasps> That maybe didn't match the uh, sort of alleged fantasy time period. It was maybe a little bit too much Allison. Yeah. So there were some words like dick and clusterfuck <laughs> and shit and butt munch. And bullshit. <laughs> Wait, what's the fantasy version of shit? Well, I had written bullshit in the book and so I changed it to horse shit with the accompanying note, there are horses in the book, Jason. <laughs> Allison, just put an E at the end of everything. <laughs> Poor shite. Well, I did change ass to arse. There you go. Right? That's so stupid. Total Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's like when George R. R. Martin's like, oh, uncle? It's it's too modern. So I'm going to change it to grunkle. <laughs> grunkle. Okay. It's nuncle. Is it nuncle? <laughs> Sorry, I don't read the books. I just knew he changed uncle because it was too modern. It was Dunkle? What was it? Nuncle. Nuncle. That's so stupid. I agree. That's horse shite. <laughs> okay. Uh, does someone need a donut? 
What? Donut? I, I wrote donut and I don't know why. I mean, I like them. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I got, oh, maybe because of the JFK thing he was talking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's been on Berliner. Wasn't that about a donut? It's about I am a jelly donut. Not yeah. whatever the fuck okay, Mulder said. So here's the thing yeah. that we're talking about inanely. Um, Mulder and Skelly go to Bubba's uh, house and his oh, mom's yeah. there. So actually, this episode is Bobby's world. Continue. <laughs> It is. Mm-hmm. It's just as freaky as the real Bobby's world, too. Um, so Mulder points out uh, a poster on Bubba's wall, and it says, Ick benign, like, outsider, yeah. or something like that. And he's like, you know, JFK to a group of, of Germans said, I am a small cocktail weenie. Yeah. And I screamed. I knew you would. Yet. I heard you across no. town. No. Ich bin ein Berliner is I am a jelly donut. Yeah. Thank you very much. And then the kid says, who's Kennedy? <laughs> uh, oh, the dead Kennedys. Yeah. That's how they yeah, 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 he yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so, dead. I remember that. <laughs> it was during this scene that I realized uh, that this episode was written by someone who has never met a teenager in their entire life and probably never was one. Because it was a robot. Yeah, it was a <laughs> robot and everything that they that Bobby or... Lisa. Lisa? Anything that Bobby or Lisa said was just, like, so cookie cutter. Um, Yeah, terrible. Terrible dialogue. So everyone is angry because of hazelnut blight. Hazelnut blight. You know, it's a pervasive issue. We all need to be aware of it. (laughs) I'm upset because there could be hazelnuts out there that are blighted Allison. Mm -hmm. Ooh, so just... What if I mm. accidentally eat one? (laughs) It'd be icky. It would be yucky for sure. What is blight? Uh, blight is... Like, fungus? I'm not sure. I I think I assumed that it meant, like, you know, not just when one tree has an illness, but when it affects, like, a whole orchard or something, mm-hmm. then it becomes a blight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But maybe it is, like, the specific organism. Like a black plague of hazelnuts. They got buboses. They got buboses to spare. <laughs> so they go out to the apple orchard... Uh, and they see that the trees are bleeding. I need to highlight a couple lines before please. we get there. Oh, please do. So my favorite line that the mom says, Bobby's mom says, is, I know everything happens for a reason, but I didn't see no reason for this. <laughs> I mean, that's a Hallmark card. I hate it. Uh, and then Mulder <laughs> says about Bobby. What? He seems like a hard kid to love. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah that's fair the whole thing with bobby and you're like going through this it's this cookie cutter stereotype of what a bad teenager is it's like oh he's just acting out because no one loves him and And he can't form relationships and he is getting the wrong type of attention but he likes it (laughs) which to be fair i mean uh there's some teenagers i have interacted with is like oh you just want me to yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> you you like this. Yeah. I don't yell at my teenagers. Well, that's good. No. I th- I more put on the kindergartner voice, mm. and it really pisses them off, but then they can't <laughs> react to anything. Love it. It's great. It's like, well, yeah, I turned in my homework. Yeah, it was on your desk. I'm like, well, I didn't get it. So if it's not on my desk, where else could it be? Let's go look for it. And it's, <laughs> it's totally like... I never have grade 12s, grade 11s get angry at me 
because I diffused the situation with my elementary school teacher voice. That's a power move. It is a power move, and it works. Nice. (laughs) So tell me about the orchard. They cut some trees. Cool. And they bleed. The trees bleed. Ooh. Mmm. And Mulder tastes it. And now he has the blight, so he will die in ten days. Yeah, God. Well, I mean, he's had a good run. (laughs) Oh, they see the apple orchard guy, and they're like, ah, someone's watching us. And then they don't see that guy. Yeah, yeah, he goes away. Because Mulder dives into the big hole. Oh, yeah, he gets in the hole. He just dives right in. And then Skelly sees the orchard man, and then she's like, ah, and then Mulder climbs out. And there's no orchard man. Not a lot happens, guys. No. Uh, at school, this is the boy fight. Yeah. Oh, I have to ask you a question about Lisa. Okay. How, now, when Lisa was introduced and just her general, like, over the course of the episode, how do you feel about her acting? Did you feel like it was... What did you think of her acting? Her? Yeah. I mean, I liked her sweater mm-hmm. fashion. But how did you feel about the... Like, where would you place her in her career in terms of her I acting? I mean, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but at least... <laughs> I mean, I could I could tell maybe she was she had a look mm-hmm. and um she was placed to be like a little bit of a grunge nineties grunge girl. Uh and she they're like, Hey, can you cry on demand? And she's like, Probably. You got the job, Lisa. Uh so Lisa is played by the production designer's daughter. Oh <laughs> So when I mean this is the end of her career, it's it's literally <laughs> Nothing else. I didn't IMDb her, but I got a hunch. Oh. (laughs) I kind of want to, but then I don't. Um, This is when the boy fight. Boy fight. Boy fight. Boy fight. Uh, Bobby. Bobby's real creepy. Yeah. Oh, God. She got a real vibe about him. (laughs) This is where I found, this is where I felt like this was a gritty reboot of Riverdale before Riverdale happened. And this is Jughead. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's pre-Jughead, Jughead. Jughead. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a greaser. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bobby's like, uh, I sent you a message over I am. Why didn't you I am me back? And Lisa's like, I gotta go to class. <laughs> he's like, I've killed a man. Lisa. Lisa, I've killed a man. Lisa, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> Bobby also grew up to star in The Room. Yeah, I did feel like this was written by Tommy Wiseau, so <laughs> I think it all comes together. He was very, Bobby was Tommy Wiseau-esque, was He was. He? The hair. He's the original The Room. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, and then I want to say there's these bullies mm-hmm. that kind of slam Bobby away from Lisa. Are they just like... Hey, Lisa's a really nice gal. Why <laughs> the fuck are you bothering her and creeping on her? She doesn't want to talk to you. Leave you alone. Basically. Yeah, I think that's the case. He's like, this isn't a toxic masculinity thing. This is like, stop harassing women, Bobby. Bobby? So then there was a boy fight. There was a boy fight, yeah. And then Bobby's like, I murdered a man. And everyone's like, we know. He's like, okay. <laughs> Do you think Bobby said it as his like, I am, like, messenger, like, sign out. Yeah, dad murderer. Dad, dad, murderer. dad murderer 420. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, this is when they go, Mulder and Scully don't go to see the counselor. Yes. Oh, God, this drove me crazy. Uh, why don't you take this one, then? Ironically. Um, 
<laughs> so the counselor is this woman named Karen, uh, and she counsels these teens through their issues. But and like, yes, she ends up being a villain. But like everything that she says from a counselor's perspective makes no sense. Like she talks about how Bobby's stepdad like makes him is locked in the basement. And I know the answers to the questions that I'm asking because of the end of the episode, but I have to ask them anyways. It's like, why would Mulder and Scully not say, it is your responsibility to report that abuse? You need to report this abuse. Like, you absolutely have to. And she's like, well, my job is to, you know, teach them to stand up against it. And it's like, no. No. That's not your job. Uh Uh-uh. Absolutely. You are a terrible counselor. That's how people get killed, Karen. (laughs) Essentially, Karen, you, you know, and obviously, like, Bobby, the abuse that she's saying happened to Bobby didn't happen to Bobby. It happened to her. But, but even in that, like, Bobby is emotionally abused. Yes. Yeah. And the weird thing is, even after Mulder gets told this by Karen about the eating downstairs, and he thinks it's about Bobby, Mulder still questions whether or not Bobby is the victim in all this. Yeah. Which is so crazy. It absolutely is. Uh, there's also mud on Karen's shoes. Yeah, so we're like, okay. Okay, so wrap, she did the crime. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> Game I, over. I saw a little bit of Mulder. Like, I felt Mulder. Like, oh, the the stupidest thing that could happen <laughs> yeah. actually happened. I've solved it. We're ten minutes in. Close the book. Everyone just... She did the pants. We're done. <laughs> uh, but instead, we have to keep going. And we see Lisa walking home. Yeah. And Bobby drives up beside her. And he's like, hey, I was uh, we're going to talk. I wanted to talk to you. Uh, by the way, they had to dub over a lot of his lines because the actor mumbled so much. He's a mumbler? He's a mumbler. Some teenagers are mumblers. It's true. Yeah. Teenage actors? Maybe shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't call them actors. Really. Um, So, yeah, he's like, and then Lisa (laughs) goes home. She's like, no, Bobby. And she goes home, and her dad's like, uh, well, first of all, her dad is like watching her through the window, and I thought he was totally bald, and I was like, Mr. Worldwide? (laughs) Wait, her dad was Pitbull? I thought maybe for a second that her dad was Pitbull. Do you think all bald men are Pitbull? A little bit. <laughs> no, they gotta have those shades. <laughs> can, what can I say? I love Pitbull. <laughs> and they have to be talking about how they want to fuck every woman on this earth. I mean, it's a vibe. It is a vibe. It is a vibe. I love Pitbull's song about, he talks about every profession. Yeah. And how... If you are a woman in that profession, you're hot. Yeah. Because when they get to, like, your profession, you're like, oh, Pitbull. No. Because they talk about teachers, I'm like, that's me. (laughs) Uh, But instead of Pitbull, it's actually just the worst actor ever. Um, (laughs) And that's saying something for this episode. He says, I don't want him coming around here. (laughs) Do you hear me? (laughs) Now, fun fact, that's also the production coordinator's daughter. Oh, boy. This is when Allison, uh, another dad gets murdered? Yup. He gets, uh, just pulled right out a window by a friendly tree. She gets a tree hug. Just a tree hug. This is when the trees hug back. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's a twist. (laughs) I love it. Maybe, Allison. Yeah. The giving tree. The giving tree gave too much. He wants something back. It's time for the giving tree to take. (laughs) You're live. (laughs) So Mulder and 
Kelly. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, the dad fell out the window because the tree pulled him. Up. Yeah, he yeah. he done dead. He dead. Um, and then uh, Karen shows up to comfort, uh, to comfort Lisa, and yeah. then Lisa takes is she's going to take Lisa to live at her house, which is definitely a thing that counselors should do. <laughs> not a social worker. Yeah. No, 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 no. Certainly not. Um, and then uh, when they talk to Karen, she says she's treating Lisa for an eating disorder, and they ask about her dad, and Karen says. He was very disapproving of her generally, which stemmed to a lot of her problems. I mean... Those are just words put together. No, but really, if you think about it, our problems (laughs) stem from people disapproving of us. Yeah, but they stem from them, not to them. Oh, 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 yes, I see. That robot writer is just having some hard times with those little, little baby words. Allison. Yes. This is when Mulder discovers there's glass coming from inside the house. True. <laughs> and he doesn't think Bobby did it. Did he think? Does he think? No, he thinks the trees are doing it, right? No, not yet. Oh, not yet? Now, first he thinks Bobby did it. You mean he doesn't think that trees are murdering people at the beginning of not, this episode? Not quite yet. <laughs> okay. But that comes later. Yeah. No, this is my favorite part. Um, so Mulder says, oh, you know, he was pulled... Something came in and grabbed him and pulled him out, essentially. Yeah, the dad was coming from inside the house. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And um, so they decide, you know, Bobby was just seen outside the house and Bobby probably did it. So let's go talk to Bobby. Uh, Yes. Culminating my favorite scene. Just the one where Bobby is sitting in the classroom and they knock on the door and they ask to question him and he is holding a comb. (laughs) He's just holding a comb. He's just fiddling with it. Like... Like, he's the fucking fawns or something. Now, Bobby, we know you don't comb that hair. Come on, Bobby. This is a prop. This is for look fun. Cool. Now, this is a, um, every adult's nightmare. Yeah. It's a, and a lot of, actually, teachers don't know how to handle this. By the way, teenagers, if you want to piss off your teacher, is just the, the teacher asks you to do something and you say, no, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make me. That's pretty much my, my attitude for everything in life, so... And it's, it's this, it's funny because Scully does the same thing. He's like, I don't care if you embarrass me. Yeah. Go ahead. You, you think I have any pride left to lose? <laughs> have you seen me? And adults, I'm going to give you a hint. The way to combat that is to pre- pretend you don't care even more than the teenager. <laughs> it's true. So what would you have done as Scully in that situation? Uh, so I'm like, okay, we're going to investigate you for murder. If you want to sit in the class, that's cool. You can sit in the back of the class. We'll wait for you out here. Mm. Okay. Um, so Scully questions Bobby. Yes. And um, it was at this point that my my uh, participation in this episode turned into a 3D experience. Oh. Because she's, you know, holding his wrists and touching him and he's so greasy and he's wearing his <laughs> leather jacket. And at this exact point, my cat, who was curled up next to me, farted. And the smell... Was exactly the smell that I imagined would have been in Scully's nose at that time. I was like, mm, yes, this is how Bobby smells. <laughs> Digested lobster wet cat food. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, this just became a whole experience. So it's smell-o-vision, man. Yeah, it was really upsetting. Mm. It was viscerally upsetting. Mm-hmm. No. Blah, 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 blah. The smell I imagine. Have you ever had a cast? No. you... Oh, yeah, because you've never broken any bones, right? No, just concussions. Okay. Oh, just concussions. <laughs> when you break a bone, you get a cast, 
uh, way back when, you weren't supposed to get those casts in the water. Mm-hmm. And so when you take your cast off, you have, I'm going to say, a centimeter of dead skin. <gasps> because you know how you, you shed dead skin, like, every second, right? Uh-huh. Think about all that dead skin has been trapped for, a co- you know, a couple months. Mm-hmm. So when you take off the cast, there is, it sloughs off. Mm. And the smell, mm. it's like belly button smell times 15. I hate it. Oh, boy. I'm upset. <laughs> when I broke my uh, hand, um, there was a little, like, crack like in between my two fingers, where if I opened up my two fingers, I could smell what was brewing in there. Oh, no. <laughs> it was very oh. bad, and that's how I imagine what happened to this teenager. <laughs> I'm so upset now. Well, I hope you never break anything. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, I hope you never have a cast. Yeah, thank you. Um. Oh man. Okay, so they get they find a sliver. In a, the dead man neck. A tree sliver. A tree sliver. Mulder finds a tree sliver. And this is when Mulder thinks a tree done did the murder. He thinks the tree did it. And so they go out to the tree outside of Lisa's wait, house. Wait, you forget my favorite part. Oh, please. What is it? So Mulder appears when Scully is interviewing uh, Bobby. And he Mulder's holding a bag. Uh-huh. And then Bobby's like, was that? And Mulder holds it up and then gestures to the word and he says, evidence <laughs> that was very good it was very good i did like this <laughs> and i think it was because david duchovny mr david duchovny did not deliver the line very well and that's why it was so well i think good. what i liked about it is that he didn't deliver the line as Mueller so much as he delivered it as david duchovny <laughs> evidence evidence so now Mulder thinks the trees did it yeah okay so they go to the trees right Mulder climbs up the tree and and while Mulder's up the tree a man arrives. The orchardman. The orchardman. And Scully says, hello, what are you doing here? And he says, I take care of the trees. <laughs> I am the Lorax. <laughs> so this is the gritty reboot of the Lorax. Yeah, where the Lorax is an orchardman with an axe and a heavy Eastern European accent. And he is like, in this, this character is like a mystical Eastern European man. Yeah. Like, it's so, it's like, it's very much the Eastern European version of the mystical black man. It is. Yeah. It is. Or even worse, uh, indigenous people. Yeah, absolutely. It's like he just shows up. He's like, I know everything. <laughs> you know what? Chris Carter's like, oh, we could put an indigenous actor in here. That might be too much. So let's just put a Polish guy in. <laughs> yeah. But he's They're like, mystical. <laughs> he says, I take care of the trees. And Scully's like, what? what's going on? He's like, this happened 20 years ago. What, why would it ha- what happened? Yeah, what caused happen? this? And he says, a very bad man. A very bad man. By the name of Chris Carter. <laughs> he did this. He did this to all of we us. We are all cursed. And the <laughs> orchard man looks into, like, breaks the fourth wall and looks into our eyes, the viewers, and he's like, you are cursed now. <laughs> and that's what happened to us. And that's what happened to us. <laughs> so we're double cursed now. <laughs> Orchardman, why didn't we listen to you? Uh, and then they they uh, they axe the tree open and it starts bleeding. Yeah, this is when things get buck wild for our girl Lisa, and and our human Allison, <laughs> and our human eyes and ears. Yes. So Lisa, gosh, she hears arguing, 
And she's like, okay, weird. There's two voices. Yeah. And then she sees her pal Karen kind of leave. And then Lisa ventures out into the basement? Yeah. Where there's mud. Lots of mud. That that good old Michigan mud. (laughs) And then she finds a dead body. Yeah. And she doesn't be like, oh, what? (laughs) She just like lukewarm, I would say, turns and then gets locked in the basement. And then she just kind of hangs out. She's like, okay, this is my life now. Uh, and this is when Mulder and Scully do a crime. Oh, yeah, Mulder does a grave crime. So he he digs up, he digs up Lisa, uh, Karen's dad, and you can't, here's the thing, you can't just dig a motherfucker up. <laughs> I mean, they're FBI, Allison. Well, it doesn't matter, because Scully says, well, you know, we don't have a court order, so this is going to be in- inadmissible. Just because you're an FBI agent... Doesn't mean you can dig up a body without a court order. I mean, Mulder took out his gun and pointed it at people, so... And this is not legal. This is grave robbing. They are robbing a grave. There's nothing to rob, but that's beside the point. Allison, they're just opening up a grave. You cannot dig a motherfucker up. (laughs) Why is that a a crime? (laughs) What? Why can't I just dig a hole and see... And if you just hit a body, like, more's the better lucky for you? And, like, why can't you just dig a hole in a cemetery? Like, why am I hurting? I just open it up and see. I want to see what's inside. The people who are related to that? What if they're all gone? They don't know. Well, are you? cover it up. Oh, God. (laughs) All I'm going to say to this, Courtney, is you cannot dig a motherfucker up. Okay, okay. Well. You can't do it. I have some work to do afterwards. Yes. I got to clean up my trail. Oh, boy. Um, this is where it really starts to fall apart. Oh, they yeah. They find roots. They just find roots inside. The roots, yeah. So this Mulder is like, I don't care if it's admissible in court. I know that the guy's missing, and I just want to show you, Scully, so you believe me? Mm-hmm. Is that the thing that I think, doing? Yeah, I think he knows what they're going to find, and he he's just he's just showboating at this point. He's like, look, the trees did the crime. <laughs> I know. I can prove it. This is when, Allison, we get my favorite character... The good, good aunt. Oh, God. The the barb, if you will. absolutely the barb. She is wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love her. Yeah. She would feed you apple cider and talk about your girl problems. She's delightful. Oh, God. Just a tiny Volvo. She dries up in a tiny Volvo and she goes to Karen's house and she's like, hey, I'm here to pick up my beautiful niece. And Karen's like... She, your niece has died 20 years ago. Never heard of her. (laughs) So the good, good aunt, she leaves, but then she hears Lisa screaming. Screaming? Yeah, shouting from the basement. Shouting, kind of? Like, I mean. Like a weak shout. Give a couple little oomphs there. (laughs) Give Lisa some espresso. Give me three in a row. And then... (laughs) And then you think this is when Lisa is going to be rescued? (laughs) But the aunt is hoisted by her own tree petard because she gets impaled yep. in the chest. And then she just, like, the corpse is just there. This is the most buck wild thing to me. <laughs> I was like, someone has to notice this dead woman is here. And then later when Mo- Mother is going like, to come to arrest Karen, they find the body. And it's like, it's been three days. <laughs> like, Maybe that's one of those, one of those weird American towns where, like, literally... What is happening next door is none of your GD it business. It was around the side of the house. They would have seen it they when they walked seen up. It. The guy checking the meters has to step over the aunt like, well, none of my business. I wrote like, K- Karen didn't even move the body? <laughs> no, Allison. 
Karen's not available right now. No. Mm-hmm. So Mulder, now that the trees have taken over, mm-hmm. Mulder goes back to Bobby. Yeah. And because he goes, well, maybe we didn't ask the right questions. Oh, God, the dialogue. And <laughs> Mulder literally says, oh, Karen, she made you feel like a victim. But you weren't, were you? Yeah, no, he says that to Bobby. <laughs> and Bobby's like, well, I'm pretty sure I was emotionally abused. Like, yeah, like, there's not there's not nothing going on here. <laughs> so, not nothing. So it's revealed, Bobby reveals that, what is the manipulation here? What is Karen having them do? Karen is having them say to her what they, their parents, they think their parents would say to, like, what Bobby would thinks his stepfather would want to say to him, which is like, you're worthless, you're useless, you're blah, 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 you're a millennial, you're going to spend all your avocado money. <laughs> And that empowers Karen's rage. Yeah, inside that em- of her. empowers her. But what does inside she inside dad? <laughs> you know, the little dad inside all of us. What does she want Bobby and Lisa to do? To stand up to their parents, right? Yeah. Does Karen want Bobby and Lisa to kill their dads, and then they don't? So then Lisa, or so then Karen has to do it for them. Is that how it works? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Not a clue. Absolutely no indication that that is or is not the case. So what happens next? So um, then Karen comes and she tries to get Bobby. Yeah, get him. She tries to get him. And then uh, Bobby's like, no, and he takes off into the woods. Yeah, okay, this is really weird. (laughs) Karen sees Bobby inside the house. Yeah. And then Karen comes inside the house yeah and then bobby leaves he gets past her somehow <laughs> and he takes off into the why wouldn't you go outside and what is the mom doing she's like oh dear she's fucking useless have you like, heard come on. <laughs> oh it was meant to be i guess like, <laughs> this is what god has in store for us jesus christ so bobby takes off into the hazelnut groves <laughs> as we all do <laughs> From time to time when we're feeling stressed. Uh, and Karen runs after him. And uh, he gets stuck in the mud. And the Mulder gets stuck in the mud. And then Karen says, Karen's not here anymore. Please leave a message after the tone. Beep! And then the orchardman <laughs> yeah. kills her with his axe. Yep, does a murder. And then uh? takes right off. <laughs> just fucks clean off. He just says, it's, it's done now. It's, it's done now. Goodbye. <laughs> I'll be back. There is a coffee shop where I need to argue with some other men of my age. <laughs> Lovely. Over little tiny cups of espresso. <laughs> okay. So the whole... We're, ooh, let's unpack this. Karen is her dad? Karen's her dad. Karen's been taken over by her dad's evil spirit. Who control? Who has tree powers. He controls the tree... No, the tre- No, he doesn't control the trees. Mm-hmm. The trees are protecting the abused kids. So why don't the trees... Kill Karen. Kill Karen. Because she is her dad. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. All good questions. <laughs> and these are the questions that we would ask when workshopping this script. But we weren't asked to sit at that table. <laughs> okay. Uh, can I, um, can I rant about the dialogue a little please, bit? Please, 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 please. So, um... The problem, I, I know I, I bitch about the dialogue a lot in this episode, and the main problem that I have with it is that it's first draft dialogue. Everyone says exactly what they're thinking. 
And that's a problem because what you want in your dialogue is you want it to be subtextual and you want it to be specific. Yeah. So in my first draft, you know, I write exactly what all the characters are thinking. Yes. And what they want and what they feel just so that I know what that is. And then in the second draft, you go through and you subvert everything so that it's subtext. So let's say we have two characters, Karen. Let's call one Karen and one Bobby. Karen and Bobby. So Karen and Bobby are in this scenario, a married couple. Ooh, weird. But they're not the same Karen and Bobby. Uh, but I, that's... Ooh. Okay, let's call them Abby and Jeff. Okay. So Abby and Jeff are a married couple, and they've been drifting apart for years. Yes. So um, Abby finds that Jeff has left the milk out on the counter. Okay. And um, Abby, in her first draft, di- draft dialogue, says, this is the last straw. I'm done. Because she don't want that warm cereal milk. Exactly. Yeah, got it. And because this is the last straw. And she's done. Yeah. And Jeff says... You say that all the... Like, you always say that. Yeah. But in our second draft dialogue, we don't want to say exactly what they're thinking because we want the actors to be able to emulate that. Yes. We want the actors to provide that information. Now, Allison, what if... Now, let me let me just... What if actors that you are provided with can't? <laughs> then you cast better. Um, so in our second draft dialogue, instead of saying, this is the last straw, I'm done... Abby says, you left the milk out again. Oh. And Jeff says, it's just milk. <laughs> we're saying the same thing. But we're feeling other things because people can act. And there's a specificity to it that fits the situation. In this episode, all of the dialogue could have been said by anyone in any story at any point. <laughs> I don't know. When that orchardman says... <laughs> okay, ex- except the orchardman. A very bad man. <laughs> But, like, there, none of the dialogue that these characters have has any specificity to their situation. What does Bobby say that tells us anything about him? It's no, su- there's no subtext, it's just text. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. And that's a problem. That's bad dialogue. It's not enjoyable. I mean, is this, this is not specific to this episode either, right? Like, this no, happens all the time. No, there are a lot time. of, like, sometimes, some episodes have good, good dialogue. Some episodes have medium dialogue. Some episodes <laughs> have extremely bad dialogue. Like, sometimes Mulder and Scully talk about things that are specific to them. They talk about sunflower seeds and Samantha, and they talk about Scully's faith. And, and But in this episode, there's none of that. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no, no. There is none of that. No, it's just like, my husband's not a bad man. He doesn't hurt Bobby. Well, good thing that our next episode <laughs> is written by a horror mastermind. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But first, we should rate this fucker. Let's do it. I rate on a spooky scale. One is I will have a great nap. Five is I will never sleep again. I'm going to give this a 1.75 because those trees. <laughs> them scary trees. Spooky. Spooky trees. Spooky trees. Uh, I ran on a rage scale. It goes from one, which means this episode is well written and I enjoyed it and I didn't have to think about how bad it was while I was watching it because I was totally immersed. Uh, to Excelsis Day, which is the worst episode we've ever watched. This is a 10. Wow! <laughs> and this is, you know what? Actually, this marks the first time we've had a 10, not necessarily because it was racist or misogynistic or homophobic or um, <laughs> like benefited rape culture. This is the first time we've had a 10. Because it was just that badly written. That's fresh, wholesale, cut, bad episode. Yeah. Wow. Uffa duffa. I don't think we've had one of those before. No. Jeez. Usually my tens are reserved for straight up offensive episodes, but this earns it. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. There were offensive things in this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Child abuse was handled, the villainization of of mental health professionals. Uh, Yeah, by the way, at the end, we forgot to say that Mulder mentions that this mentally ill woman, she was better off dead. He also says (laughs) that she was the murderer and the victim. So it was offensive. Yeah, so it was super (laughs) offensive on multiple levels. And that puts it up there in that range. But just the writing was also so bad. Oh. Let's cleanse our palates, Allison. Okay. I want, mm, I want Allison to sit back and relax mm-hmm. with my new phone. I got a new phone for my birthday. Nice. I, you know what? I've finished Pocket Camp. Wait, what? I'm just so good at it. Okay. So I need another mobile game. Oh, you need another video, James. Uh-huh. I think I can help you with that. Yes. Let's do some X-Files news. Let's do it. Let's, let's be naughty. <laughs> <laughs> She looked at me weird. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years, rocking our peers, putting saucers in fears. Investigation, overpowering. Over the FBI, we're towering. Mama said, beam you up. Uh, okay, so this comes to us from Variety.com. Damn. Um, X-Files Deep State. Alien Invasion Mystery Game on tap for February 2018 release. Wait! By this article that? by Todd Spangler. What was the name? It's called X-Files, colon, Deep State. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to believe? Yes. Fans of the X-Files will soon get the chance to uncover an extraterrestrial mystery like Mulder and Scully in a new mobile game. (gasps) The X-Files, colon, Deep State (laughs) mystery investigation puzzle game is slated for release in February 2018, coinciding with with season 11 of the TV series. The game which also celebrates the 25th anniversary of the X-Files. Oh my gosh. Comes from 21st Century Fox's Fox Next Games mm. and Estonia-based game studio Creative Mobile. Ooh, pedigree. The game's, X- <laughs> the game's website, xfilesgame.com, features a countdown clock with 70 days currently remaining. Damn. Indicating the release date will be February 6, 2018. That's some good reporting there. The events in the X-Files Deep State <laughs> unfold sometime between the spring of 2010, taking place between seasons 9 and 10 of the TV series. Oh. So we'll have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Cool. The game will feature a storyline revolving around the alien invasion and government conspiracies, as well as self-contained episodes related to various paranormal cases, with Fox Next Games promising appearances by fan-favorite characters. Oh, like the Pusher. Like the Pusher? Yeah. Is my fan-favorite Like the Pusher. He died, but he's back. In the game, players assume the role of an FBI special agent and must find hidden clues, collect evidence, solve puzzles, grave rob, and interrogate (laughs) witnesses and suspects to solve the case. (laughs) Their decisions will affect how the storyline plays out. So it's just like a candy crush, right? I assume so. Like, it's just going to be a, <laughs> hey, it's just going to be a candy crush, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a spooky candy crush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, players will also be able to customize their character's appearance and oh, style. So damn. you get to make your OC a reality. Mine's going to be just a smaller version of Skinner. Hey, my OC? Huh? My OC? Is the CW's Orange County. Season four was the best. <laughs> Not like all those, the other, the rest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I tried, okay? Yeah, you did good Boy, job. I can't wait to download that on my mobile 
phone. Yeah. Deep State. Hey, can I give a recommendation for a game that's similar, but I think actually might be way cooler and better? Is it Candy Crush? <laughs> it's not Candy Crush, no. Okay. It's a Australian game studio, Half Brick, just came out with a game called Shadows Remain, and it's an augmented reality game where you can actually, you project um, this house onto your coffee table. What? Yeah. How do you do that? Using uh, your, well, I mean, the okay, you don't project it, it's like, but... You know how the Pokemon Go camera technology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. So on the oh. camera, you see your coffee table. Oh. But on the coffee table is this house. <gasps> so you solve a mystery in this house that you can see in, like, you can move your phone or your iPad or whatever you're playing it on to see different angles and get Damn. different clues. It's really cool. So not like Candy Crush at all. No. So that's called Shadows Remain. I haven't tried it yet, but I really want to. It sounds very neat. It does say seizure warnings, though. Oh, that's good to know. Yes. So if you uh, uh, have seizures, maybe maybe watch the videos just in case. Yeah. Yes. That sounds so cool. Yeah. If this video game, the X-Files one, projected, that would be very good. Because then I would like go in my bathroom and yeah. project it on top of my toilet. So I could pretend <laughs> to flush it. To flush the X-Files characters. Flush the deep state right down the toilet. <laughs> where it belongs. Come for me. Along with this episode. Um, okay, what do we do next? Predictions. Yeah. It's predictions time. It's my turn to predict. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me. Allison. What's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Allison. Yeah. Season 5, episode 10? Mm-hmm. Cha-cha-cha-chinga. <laughs> now, both you and I know, Allison. Yeah. This is written by, co-written. I'm going to say co-written because it was not written alone. alone. <laughs> co-written by master horror writer and renaissance man, Stefan King. Yeah, here are the things that I know about this episode. Okay. I know that Steve wrote it. I know, Stevie, Steve, yeah, Stevie. Stevie. Yeah. I know that Chris Carter felt it wasn't really an X Files episode, and so Chris <laughs> Carter rewrote it. I know that the word chinga um, is some kind of slur in Spanish, ooh, um, or either a slur or an insult or, or just a dirty word. Okay, um, but that neither Stephen King or Chris Carter knew that when they wrote the episode. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's like how Chris Carter names three episodes "My Struggle." <laughs> yes. So that's all, that's all I know about this episode. So I can't predict any of those things. Okay. Um, I am going to predict, uh, and let me know if you feel this is too much of a low ball, but I'm excited about it. That it is set in Maine. I will give you that half point. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I might as well just give it to you now. Okay. Oh, you want to talk about my prediction? Yeah. Okay. I predicted uh, last episode, the episode we are talking about now, that it has to do with multiple personalities. Yeah. And I think I get a half point. You absolutely do. So I'm up from, I'm two. Mm-hmm. And I think you're two. Two. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so we're tied. Yeah. But let's do your predictions for Chinga the next Chinga. Episode. Okay. So I get a half point if it's set in Maine. <laughs> um, not backing down from I might, that one. I might as well give you, <laughs> Allison now has two and a half points, guys. <laughs> Cha-ching. Um, yeah. And then my other guess is, let's see, Stephen King. It's definitely going to be creepy. I think it's going to be a, mm, like a, 
I would say a cryptid episode. It's obviously not going to be a myth arc episode. No. Yeah, I think it's a cryptid. I think it's something that, like, appears... Uh, maybe I'm, like, playing too much into it here. But I think it's something that, like, appears, like, childish or child-friendly at first. Okay. So... Or, like, kids are playing with it and, like, singing Ring Around the Rosie. So it's... it's Ooh, weird. So it's, like, kid-based. There's something... Yeah, I think there's, like, there's a kid-based element to the plot. The, the creepiness yeah. comes from a childlike... Yeah. Okay. Because that's okay. like... Okay. I mean, I think that's very Stephen King. But he also has other things in his uh, repertoire, old Steve. So Like I, ass weasels. Yeah. True. True. Those haunted me. From Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Those ass weasels. Hey. Damn. Hey. Sometimes you got ass weasels. <laughs> no shame in that game. That's why you're alleys. So not so empty. Because <laughs> you got ass weasels. You gotta bring it back to my alley, huh? Okay. So... <laughs> So, half point for Maine, half point for the spooky thing yeah. is something that is child adjacent. Yeah. Okay. I think we all are familiar with a child spookiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. We defo yeah. are. Okay. Okay, man. You're going to get, you're going to be up three points. I know. I feel in my heart. <laughs> Steve, Stefan King is easy to read. He's on, Steve's on my side. Steve's my boy. <laughs> Maine, creepy childhood things, and the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um... That's it. Yeah. I think the Space Cadets need to know how to talk to us. How to talk to us. Well, um, try to keep your voice calm uh, because if you kind of go into those higher decibels, we're going to get scared. We're going to get scurred. Uh, we're going to run, run away. away. <laughs> we're going to skitter. Um, but you can uh, contact us by email at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. That's double spelled out D-O-U-B-L-E. Uh, and you can tell us about... Like just like your day or no, you can uh we wanna know if you have like a hometown haunting. Yeah, hometown haunting, hometown cryptid, a cool thing in the news you read read that was kinda weird. Uh you wanna slam on Chris Carter? Do it. Hey, we're your uh we're your we're your we're your boys. Did you download X Files Deep State? Well no, because not out yet. Well when they do. <laughs> Tell us how that is, because we're not gonna put that on our cellular devices. No. Pocket camp takes up a hundred percent of the room. Totally. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can also, yeah, let us know if you have thoughts or predictions about season 11 and what celebrity you heard had eight pounds of jizz pumped out of their stomach. <laughs> it was David Duchovny. <laughs> you can also tweet at us uh, and check us out on Instagram and check us out on Facebook. Those are all double X files. Um, we tweet lots of fun things. Uh-huh. And... Um, yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. Uh, and then also the other thing I want to say is if you guys are enjoying what we bring to the table, if you like our, our shit, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, we'd love for you to write us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast app Ooh. you use. Or even easier, Facebook got them stars system Yeah, now. Facebook has a star rating now. So you, you can just click the five. Totally. And be done. Hey. You don't need to do anything else. Yeah. Five. Um, but thanks for your support always. And uh, until next time. The truth. The truth is is out there. (laughs) Jump the gun a little, huh? Nailed it. Coming in hot.